You're listening to the Real Estate CPA Podcast, your source for all things real estate accounting and tax. Here we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's show. Today we're going to take a deep dive into the newly released final regulations surrounding the 20% pass-through deduction. We're going to talk about the IRS Section 199A, how it relates to real estate investors, and whether or not they can take that 20% pass-through deduction. We're also going to discuss a new safe harbor for landlords and how they can claim the 20% deduction. And lastly, we're going to touch on some important advice on why you may need to file Form 1099s going forward. But before we jump into today's content, I want to let you all know that we've officially released our knowledge base. We currently have over 100 articles published in the knowledge base, and we're adding more each day. You can access the knowledge base by going to www.therealestatecpa.com and clicking on the education tab. Feel free to drop us a line at contact at therealestatecpa.com with your tax and accounting questions, and we might add them to the knowledge base in the future. One more resource I want you to check out is our virtual workshops. If you attend a workshop, you'll join a virtual room via our video conferencing tool, Zoom. One of our employees will facilitate the workshop and will present on a topic for 15 minutes. We'll then open it up to the attendees in the Zoom room to ask any question they'd like for the next 45 minutes. Typically, we have around 10 investors on each workshop, and we run these every other week. It's a great way to get some of your questions answered, learn from, and meet other investors around the United States, and it's cheap. It only costs $30 to attend. We've had some people attend multiple workshops and get a ton of their questions answered. And if you are interested in attending, go to www.therealestatecpa.com forward slash virtual dash workshop forward slash. All right, let's dive into today's content. At the end of 2017, Congress passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which was a sweeping tax reform bill, easily one of the largest that I've ever seen. Of course, I'm also a young guy, but we'll just say that it's the largest that I am aware of. One of the many changes was a new tax break meant for business owners operating as a sole proprietor or through pass-through entities like an LLC or an S-corporation. The tax break allows you to deduct 20% of the net qualified business income or QBI. The questions that we had and many CPAs had are whether or not real estate investors are eligible for the 20% deduction on their qualified business income or QBI. In January of 2019, the IRS gave us our answer by releasing final regulations on Section 199A, which is the 20% pass-through deduction section, and they also provided us with a safe harbor for landlords. Qualified business income is the net amount of income, gain, deduction, and loss with respect to any qualified trader business. The term qualified trader business means any trader business other than a specified service trader business or other than the trader business of performing services as an employee. If you are single and your taxable income is below 157.5K or 315K if you're married, you will qualify for the full 20% deduction on your qualified business income 
even if you run a specified service trader business. But once your taxable income exceeds 207K if you're single, 415K if you're married filing joint, the 20% deduction will be completely phased out for specified service trades or businesses, and all other business owners will be subject to a limitation calculation to determine their QBI deduction. The limitation calculation is the lesser of 20% of qualified business income and the greater of either 50% of the taxpayer's share of W-2 wages paid with respect to the qualified trader business or 25% of the taxpayer's share of W-2 wages paid with respect to the qualified trader business plus 2.5% of the taxpayer's share of the unadjusted basis of the qualified property immediately after acquisition. That's a lot of information. But to simplify it for you, just understand that if your taxable income, and remember taxable income is after your itemized deductions or standard deductions. So just remember if your taxable income is below 157.5K if you're single or 315K if you're married, you're gonna qualify for the full 20% deduction on your qualified business income. Now, once your taxable income exceeds those thresholds, that 207K if you're single, 415 if you're married, and if you're running a specified service trade or business, that specified service trade or business income is no longer going to qualify for any deduction at all. So a specified service trade or business is a business that relies on the owner's skills within the fields of health, accounting, and law actuarial science, performing arts, consulting, athletics, financial services, brokerage services, investing and investing management, and dealing and trading. But it's important for our listeners to understand that brokerage services that I just mentioned, that relates to the trading of financial securities. So real estate brokers and real estate agents are not going to be considered specified service trades or businesses. Additionally, real estate developers and property managers are not considered specified trades or businesses either. So if you're running a real estate-based business, more than likely you are going to be able to qualify for a deduction even if your taxable income exceeds $207,000 if you're single, $415,000 if you're married. Now let's switch gears a little bit and talk about rental real estate. Before the final regulations dropped, there was confusion as to whether rental real estate would qualify for the QBI deduction. The source of the confusion was in determining how rental real estate activities could rise to the level of a trader business under Section 162. If rental activities could be classified as Section 162 trades or businesses, then the income produced by such activities would qualify for the QBI deduction under Section 199 Cap A. The problem is that the analysis of determining whether rentals qualify for a Section 162 trader business is really hard to do, and that's due to murky regulations and case law. So the CPA community, the tax community, was needing or really hoping for some form of a bright line test to tell us whether rentals could qualify as a trader business and thus allow landlords to use the QBI deduction against their net rental income. The IRS recognized this, and along with releasing final regulations on Section 199 Cap A, they also released Revenue Procedure 2019-7. This procedure provides a safe harbor that allows rental activities to rise to the level of a Section 162 trader business if the following three criteria are met. One, separate books and records are maintained to reflect income and expenses for each rental real estate enterprise. We'll talk about that in a second. 
two, 250 or more hours of rental services are performed per year with respect to the rental enterprise. And number three, the taxpayer maintains consistent records, including time reports, logs, or similar documents regarding the hours of all services performed, the description of all services performed, and the dates of which such services were performed, and who performed the services. Although that third requirement is not going to apply to taxable years beginning prior to January 1, 2019. So in the first item there, I mentioned that separate books and records are maintained to reflect income and expenses for each rental real estate enterprise. A rental real estate enterprise is an interest in property held for the production of rents. An individual or relevant pass-through entity must hold this interest in the property directly or through a disregarded entity. A relevant pass-through entity can be a partnership or an S-corporation that is owned directly or indirectly by at least one individual, estate, or trust. For the second item, the hour requirement, that 250-hour requirement, rental services to meet that hour requirement includes advertising to rent or lease the real estate, negotiating and executing leases, verifying information contained in prospective tenant applications, collecting rent, daily operation, maintenance, and repair of the property, management of the real estate, purchase of materials, and supervision of employees and independent contractors. These rental services can be performed by owners or by employees, agents, and or independent contractors of the owners. Now, rental services does not include the investment management activities, such as arranging financing, procuring property, studying and reviewing financial statements or reports on operations, planning, managing, or constructing long-term capital improvements, or hours spent traveling to and from the real estate activities. Unfortunately, there are some forms of real estate investing that are specifically excluded from using this safe harbor. Any property that you rent where you also use it as a personal residence for more than 15 days of the year cannot qualify for the safe harbor. So anybody out there that is house hacking, meaning that they are living in one bedroom and renting out their other bedrooms, you guys cannot use this safe harbor for that rental activity. Additionally, any property rented under a triple net lease will not qualify for this safe harbor. So if your rental activities can qualify for this safe harbor, meeting those three criteria that I just listed, your net rental income will be considered qualified business income and thus will qualify for that 20% pass-through deduction. Of course, you're still going to be subject to those taxable income limitations that we mentioned earlier. If your rental activities don't meet the safe harbor, it doesn't mean that they still can't rise to the level of a trader business under Section 162. It just means that it's going to be a little bit more difficult to justify. And all of that brings me to a really big tip for everyone listening. If your rental activities qualify for the QBI deduction and you take that QBI deduction, it's really important to understand that you are saying that your rental activities have risen to the level of a trader business. And trades or businesses are required to issue Form 1099s at the end of the year. So this is an interesting trap that you might fall into. If you do claim that your rental activities rise to that level of a trader business, if you take that 20% deduction, make sure that you also understand your Form 1099 reporting requirements at the end of the year. 
The only time you don't need to issue a Form 1099, assuming that your rental activities do rise to the level of a trader business, is when a payment to a vendor was made to another business that was incorporated, but was not for medical or legal services, or the sum of all payments made to that vendor during the tax year was less than $600. We tell our clients to go ahead and request a Form W-9 from all vendors that you work with before any work begins. What that does is it ensures that you have the information necessary to issue that vendor a Form 1099 at the end of the year if you are required to do so. That's it for today's show. Thanks a ton for listening. This stuff is definitely complicated. If your head is spinning, I apologize, but do feel free to navigate over to our website at www.therealestatecpa.com and fill out our form on the Become a Client page because we will certainly be happy to talk to you. And don't forget to check out our virtual workshops at www.therealestatecpa.com forward slash virtual dash workshop forward slash. I hope to see you at one soon. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes and with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.